jerked it off angrily, exposing a coarse black beard mottled with gray. His right ear boasted four jeweled adornments that were completely ineffectual at belying his obvious aggressiveness. Trying my best to blend with the scenery, I assessed the probability of ducking low in the seat, punching the throttle, and driving my way out of this situation without acquiring painful perforations to my anatomy. I judged my chances to be slim. What if I backed up, swung around, put some sheet metal, sponge rubber, and upholstery between his gun and my skin? Might work, I thought, just as he yelled, Get out of the truck. Ah, well. I now had two viable options in my view. One, I could drop the forty-five onto the floorboard and relinquish my truck, hoping he wouldn't shoot me, pistol-whip me, or secure me as a hostage. Such an alternative went against my gut feeling, my knowledge of human nature, my philosophy of social decorum, and my extensive, albeit long-past, training in handling violent confrontations. I went with option two. I shot him in the beard. The impact of the heavy hollow-point bullet snapped his head back. He gave a spasmodic kick with his right foot, then fell over backward, his revolver clattering on the concrete. I didn't see him hit the sidewalk, being too busy getting the hell out of my truck. The side door of the bank had slammed open just as old Lavender Pants and I were getting acquainted. Not figuring the tall, ski-masked individual standing in the doorway to be the governor with my lottery check, I just fired the one shot and exited stage right, through the passenger door, real fast. It couldn't have taken me more than three seconds to clear the truck, but by the time my shoes hit the tarmac, I had two pounds of shattered glass in my hair. My ancient Toyota pickup was being demolished by a hail of jacketed nine-millimeter bullets as I crouched beside its protective right front wheel. Sounds like an Uzi, I thought, as I knelt there trying to make myself tiny. The barrage ended as abruptly as it had begun, the sudden silence punctuated by the clack of changing magazines. I duck-walked to the front bumper. The report of a single shot ran out. The nasty little bullet whacked into the offside of my truck, stopping the motor forthwith. Probably hit the fuel pump. Better it than me. Why just one shot? Gun jammed? Did he have a handgun as well as an Uzi? A partner? I risked a peek around the front of the truck, poking my head out and tucking it back like a rattlesnake on speed. I saw just the lanky guy snapping back the bolt on his automatic weapon. As I took a longer second look, he pulled the trigger, receiving for his effort a heavy click as the firing pin snapped forward on an empty chamber. No jam, I reflected. He didn't shove the magazine home. Steadying my left elbow into a headlight recess, I silhouetted the black sights of my pistol against the milky white of his jacket, while his attention was directed at his recalcitrant firearm, and yelled, Drop it! Hard to intimidate a man with an Uzi. He lifted his head, looked me fixedly in the eye, smacked the magazine's floor plate with the heel of his left hand. The magazine snapped into place. As he reached upward to retract the bolt, I shot him where his heart should have been. He grabbed his chest with his left hand, staggered, nearly dropping the gun, then sagged to both knees. His right hand closed tightly on the trigger, spraying nine-millimeter slugs into the cement walkway, wickedly whining ricochets merging with staccato muzzle blasts as the gun purged itself. I shot him again, hoping to staunch the burst, 
my second bullet producing no visible effect. The shooting did not stop until he fell forward onto his face and lay still. I watched him over my gun's sights for what seemed like several minutes. No one moved within my range of vision, especially me. The squeal of tires brought my head around as a shiny red Volvo wagon spun out of the parking lot on the other side of the bank, then disappeared from view. It was hard to tell from where I crouched, but there appeared to be three people in the car, including the ski-masked driver. I stood up, keeping a wary eye on my downed assailants. A marked police car bounced over the grassy verge separating the bank parking lot from the street, blue lights flashing. They had likely been called to quell a robbery. Had they been informed it had escalated into a shootout? I laid my gun carefully atop the hood of my defunct Toyota and stepped out of reach so as not to make anyone more nervous than they already were. There I waited with my hands well out.